It's not just about knowing about an app that may be useful or not. It's also about trusting that app. We hunt uh, for complex words in everything that we do and offer uh, and try to eliminate as many of those complex words as we can. Hello, welcome to VNext Remix by Veritran. This is the podcast about how digital technologies are overturning traditional financial services as we know them. In each episode, we speak to leaders at the front lines of digital transformation about the future of finance. I'm your host, Katie Janos-Small, CEO and founder of Upana. Today, Mark Templeman joins me to discuss the wealth tech opportunity, the future of saving digitally. Mark's the co-founder of Cashbee, a digital savings app that he launched in Paris in 2018. And he knows a thing or two about investing wisely, having held a series of very senior positions at Bank of America Merrill Lynch over his 20-year career in traditional investment banking. Mark, welcome to VNext Remix. Hi, Katie. Long time no see and a pleasure to be here. Tell us briefly about Cashbee. <laughs> I'll try to be brief. Uh, that's not my forte, though. Um, Cashbee basically attacks a paradoxical situation in Europe. Uh, which is that Europeans are great at putting money aside. They are the champions in terms of saving rates, uh, but they're very poor at putting it to work, or at least to invest that money, what we would deem to be in an intelligent or a correct, correct manner. Uh, so it's that dichotomy between, on the one hand, this immense amount of savings that is being put aside even before COVID, and then this amount of, or this mountain of cash that is simply being left dormant on zero interest or no interest earning cash accounts. And it was that problem that we thought we would address by launching Cashbee. So how do you um, measure success at Cashbee? Is it in terms of the rates of return for your for your customers? Is it more on the engagement side? What, what are some of the metrics that you're looking at? <laughs> so you've got a very um, Anglo-Saxon way of looking at things. So for us, the challenge of course, is to bring people to start saving and and and, the product that we do it through is a high interest rate savings account, which is constantly accessible. Uh, Europeans basically use uh, four screening methods when they think about their savings. Uh, the first one is security. Uh, the second one is simplicity. The third one is liquidity, meaning the ability to access your cash as and when you can, uh, as and when you want rather. Uh, and then of course there's profitability and, and, and return on investment uh, in no particular order. And so we've tried to combine it into one single app. Uh, the app makes it easy to use, super instinctive, uh, and, and sort of our calling card or our foot in the door is this high yield savings account. And then we've combined that with a number of um, uh, ESG compatible longer term investments, which remain fairly liquid, but where clients are, being, um, uh, are taking some degree of risk in order to target higher returns. So step one, open up an interest rate yielding account, instantly accessible, which people understand what that is. And then step two, progressively start uh, putting your, uh, your dabble in, in, in longer term investments, uh, which are designed to be simple, easily understood, and which are targeting somewhat higher returns, even though we are asking you to take some risk. It's interesting, but it's a much more simplified model than something like a Robin Hood, right? Which is where people are choosing their own stocks. This is something where you kind of, you do that legwork for them for the most part in terms of managing the, the, the higher yielding returns. Correct. You put your finger on it. Um, we, we offer third-party managed uh, profiles. Uh, our clients can choose their investments thematically. So you can choose to invest in uh, climate or, or Cashbee Plus tech or Cashbee Plus 
uh, inclusion or category plus impact because we address a market where people may have convictions, but they're not necessarily uh, very um, financially savvy. So, so they are typically, you know, they've, they've studied quite a lot. Um, they are typically, you know, earning their lives pretty well. We call them the mass affluent, uh, but they are not as confident uh, as, as, as they could be. Uh, and, and they're certainly not, you know, financial geeks. So rather than telling them to short credit and go long emerging market stocks, um, we, we guide them towards um, uh, investments that they understand and which are third party managed. So to come back to your questions around metrics, you know, the, the key metric for us, of course, is AUM. So we are uh, a business uh, which depends on assets under management. Um, but we also look at, you know, how, how many people can we actually cross sell and bring from the short term cash based um, uh, uh, high yield savings towards longer term investments. You know, what, what's, my, what's my sell or what's my cross sell rate? Am I uh, indeed delivering on my promise that I'm progressively taking people by the hand and guiding them towards diversified um, and uh, customized investments? So interesting the way you profile your, your, your customers. Um, do the, are these customers that are digitally savvy as well or are these customers that are maybe um, used to working or, or, or dealing with their money through, through an actual bank branch? So, so they're not Gen Z, so, so they're not born uh, with, with a mobile phone in their hands, uh, but they are digitally savvy. And, and I would argue uh, you know, that the preceding generations and, and people that are today in their 30s, 40s, or 50s are quite happy to adopt digital habits, particularly in fields where they feel that to date their user experience has been relatively cumbersome, uh, administratively heavy, um, where they were dependent on the opening hours of their branches, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we're not necessarily targeting the ultra young. Uh, on the contrary, I would argue that you know we go after uh, those that already have some form of savings on the side and that have uh, fairly material savings savings capabilities today, but they're quite happy to adopt uh, digital means to transact and digital means to consume their savings in the same way that they now shop uh, digitally and in the same way that they you know they 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 get their information digitally. Mark, you talked a lot about simplicity, right? Making it simple for the users to to find somewhere to to put their savings. Tell me a bit about how you've managed that at Cashby. How do you make it? How do you make it simple? Um, so there are various ways of going about it. The first principle is to avoid jargon in a world where regulations almost force you to do so. Um, so we hunt. Uh, for complex words in everything that we do and offer uh, and try to eliminate as many of those complex words as we can. Um, sounds like a silly idea, but it's tremendously helpful to many of our, our, our clients. The second thing is that we deliver our entire experience through a single app. So whether you're investing short-term, long-term, um, everything is, is, is visible and, and all of your transactions can be executed through a single app. There's zero paperwork involved. And all signatures that may be required at certain stages of the investment process are all executed electronically. It doesn't mean you can't access your documents. Your, your documents are always available and delivered to, to you electronically, but there's zero paperwork involved. And then I would argue that the final, the, the final point here is one where we suggest, it's not an obligation, but we suggest that you also connect your current account. And so that makes it very easy for you to um, observe how your savings are evolving versus whatever ca cash management account you may have and make uh, transactions between your savings and your current account. One, when you need money, get money out. Uh, and two, when you've got enough money on the side, put more aside. 
And then uh, we obviously uh, work through notifications. Uh, some people would call it artificial intelligence. I think that word is overused, but it becomes very easy for our systems to detect when you're supposed to put more money aside, right? So if, if and when you have connected your current account, it becomes very easy for us to detect when you, your bonus may have hit your account or when you've just had your birthday and some people may have chosen to offer you money as opposed to offer you gifts. Um, in other words, we can very easily help you identify the right moments to put more money aside uh, as and when you can and also warn you when you're about to go into overdraft. Um, so it becomes a very useful, simple to use tool uh, and hopefully it becomes your private bank in your pocket. That's really cool. I think um, particularly what you mentioned about those nudges, right, that you can tell when people have some extra cash to spare that maybe they can put aside. That's um, that that's a really interesting feature. And I think what you said at the start, right, about making it, well, you, your app is in French, right, but we would call it plain English, but making it clear for the users what you're talking about. Sometimes it's so easy when it comes to finance to be using big, complex, official, regulatory words, as you say, that if you don't make it simple for people to understand when it comes to the written word, then that, that can be a bit of a hurt, hurdle, right? Uh, totally. Uh, and and so there, the, the challenge really is that uh, you'd love to simplify it even more, but sometimes regulations force you to use those uh, very long, uh, verbose, uh, complex words. Um, I'll give you one example here in France. We're, we're not allowed to uh, to speak about withdrawals on, on long-term investments uh, which are wrapped in a life insurance contract. You can't call them withdrawals. You have to call them partial buybacks. Uh, and partial buybacks sounds nasty, right? It sounds dangerous. Uh, as opposed to everybody knows what a deposit is and everybody knows what, what a withdrawal is. So we've had our challenges and we're trying to push the system. There's only so much we can do, of course, uh, being ourselves a regulated institution. Um, but that's the kind of thing we think about a lot. That's, uh, that's, that's a great example. Um, Looking into the future, how do you see digital saving evolving uh, in France and Europe more, more broadly? What, what do you think are the big trends to, to be watching in the years ahead? Well, obviously, I'm a huge believer in it. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't be uh, we wouldn't be well we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Um, but I think I think the the world in its entirety is moving towards digital consumption. Um, with regard to savings, there is an additional step. It's not just about knowing uh, about an app that may be useful or not. It's also about trusting that app. Uh, so we're in a business where trust is tremendously important, and I would call it the key hurdle uh, to our to our growth. Uh, I don't think anyone would contest the fact that uh, digital savings products are delivered in a better way than any of the traditional means of delivering savings products. I think digital uh, savings products are cheaper on average. Uh, there are less fees involved, less commissions. Uh, so there's no particular reason why uh, gradually more and more savers turn towards uh, digitally delivered uh, savings products, right? I mean, Everything else being equal, it's simpler to transact and it's, it's probably more cost effective. So the one big barrier that needs to be broken down and which is gradually being broken down, not just by us, but by, by, by the ecosystem, is the trust that one can have in, in, in digital solutions, be they apps, be they, be they uh, digital platforms, uh, you name it. Um, and, I, and I get it. I mean, there have been breaches, uh, and those are widely uh, publicized. Uh, there is the issue of um, the confidentiality of your, uh, of, your, of, your, of your personal details, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I would simply argue and underscore that the large um, um, traditional firms suffer from those same problems, uh, get hacked from time to time, uh, and must abide by the same um, uh, security rules. Uh, at the at the edge or at, at the margin, I would argue that the, the new players have one advantage, 
which is that they can start from scratch. So in other words, our systems don't carry the legacy uh, of, of, of the huge systems that, that large traditional players have been using for decades. Uh, so the long and short of it is, I think digital savings are here to stay. I think they are um, going to take an increasing part of the market um, and, and market share. Uh, but I do think that the whole battle is around how can we make the delivery of those solutions as trustworthy as possible. I guess that probably also comes back to the way you're communicating with your with your clients and potential clients as well, right? Which goes back to the language that you're using as well as how you're explaining to them how you look after their money. Yes, but not only. So I would argue that we, we chose right from the start to be a regulated entity uh, and therefore we went after uh, a number of uh, licenses which we obtained after a year of uh, investment uh, and, and, and back and forth with, with the regulator. We didn't necessarily need to do that right from the bat, uh, but we did it for two reasons. Number one, uh, it gives us a massive strategic flexibility to expand, um, be it abroad or, or, or from a product range perspective. Uh, we have the right licenses to carry out what we do and we could do more. And the second is, uh, it's a comfort factor for our for our clients, right? I mean, we now have thousands of clients, but when we started off, we had a few hundred uh, and those clients didn't necessarily know Cashbee. I mean, it's not as if we are a, an extremely well-known brand yet. Uh, and so to trust an app with your money um, having the right to bear the stamp of the French central bank uh, is definitely a competitive advantage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Mark, we'll pass to our round of quick questions. Uh, <laughs> quick questions, quick answers. Are you ready? Yep. Perfect. Which book are you reading right now? I'm reading Grit uh, by Angela Duckworth. Uh, she thinks that grit is the distinguishing factor between success and failure. So it's a, it's a good book for an entrepreneur. Um, <laughs> what's the best piece of professional advice that you've received? Um, this goes back to my investment making days uh, and the advice given to me was two things. Number one, uh, ask people nicely uh, and, and, and nine times out of ten you'll actually get the result faster than if you impose. And the second one is don't hire jerks. Those are both great pieces of advice. I love them. What's the app that you use most? Well, these days, uh, obviously, I'm using the uh, the French anti-COVID app because if I don't show it, uh, I'm not allowed into either cinemas or uh, uh, theaters or, or restaurants. Uh, but in general, I, uh, I do listen to a lot of podcasts and I use the Apple podcast. Super. When will we stop using cash? Whoa, um, the 19th of September, 2052. Perfect, I'll put it in my diary. <laughs> Who else do you recommend we invite onto this show? Uh, I can think of two people. Uh, you may want to uh, talk to Cyril Sich. He is the co-founder of Lydia, uh, the amazingly popular payment app in France uh, and now expanding abroad. Uh, you may also want to speak to Didier Vallée. He's the former number two of uh, Société Générale and has become the angel investor that every single fintech in Europe turns to when they're looking for a great business angel. Awesome. By the way, he is on our board. Ah, perfect. So, um, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. It's a very interesting project that you're working on and interesting to hear your thoughts on the digital savings outlook. Well, thank you again, Katie, for the invite. Anytime. And thank you for tuning in to this new series of VNext Remix. Be sure to follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and turn on notifications to be the first to hear the next episode. And don't forget, this year VNext Remix is also being produced in Spanish. The next episode will be en español, and after that, we'll be back in English with more VNext Remix insights.